From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, June 7th. School is officially out for summer in Grand County. In the weeks leading up to this summer break, local students got to do a lot of different things with their classmates. Seniors took a river trip, elementary students got a field day, and middle schoolers did a little graffiti. It reminds me of when I stole my mother's spray paint and sprayed it on the back of the shed. <laughs> yes! I don't think she's found it yet. <laughs> there was an excited, almost gleeful scene in the last days of school at Margaret L. Hopkins Middle. That's because students were outside with cans of spray paint, ones they didn't have to steal from their mothers. And they were working on designs that represent themselves and their school. La Onda. So uh, La Onda means like keep going forward and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. It's actually inspired by my bracelets. They're evil eyes, but like all different colors, and I'm planning on making more, actually. I've drawn what I believe is called the Universal S. It's kind of like a three-dimensional like S and into an American flag. So this is a three-sided panel. Um, we're doing a mural on the front and also on the two sides. That's Denver-based muralist Chris Haven. He was on hand to help students execute their designs, giving them spray paint tips like how to make a strong line or cover a broad area. You know, when I work solo, I have like a image that I'm preparing to do. With, with the youth, it's kind of more just teaching and letting them kind of experiment with the medium and uh, figuring out their style and stuff. Haven was brought in by the school district to help students beautify a new space at the middle school. The three panels will decorate the Thunderbird's nest. It's a place where middle schoolers can exchange clothes and even get new items too, like toiletries and school supplies. Many of the students I talked to said it's a pretty cool idea and they were excited to decorate the space themselves with images that represent them. It's, it's, a, it's great the school allowed them to do this, you know, and, and um, it's awesome they get to experience it and uh, test it out. Although there was an occasional poop emoji sprayed onto the panels, most of the designs held some deeper meanings. Even the more simple shapes, like this multicolored heart. I guess it's just kind of like two sides of a coin. It's like on one side, there's the constantly described love, like a red heart and everything. And then on the other side, I'm gonna do a couple different layers of like everything to describe like other people, those, those outcasts. What do you think about outcasts? Um, I think they got potential. <laughs> it's a really cool opportunity for a lot of our kids that love to skateboard love different pieces of culture that are maybe not quite the norm for what you might see around our community. Margaret L. Hopkin, middle school principal, Joseph Olson. I mean, and you look at the bridges. I take the bike path every day, coming to work, going home. There's a lot of really cool artwork, but it's not necessarily highlighted in the school setting. So being able to expose our students to something like this has been really cool. Principal Olson and other school leaders want the Thunderbird's Nest to feel welcoming and also, yes, cool to students. They want them to build a positive connection with the space that they hope will strengthen the school community. The first step of all of that is having students put their mark on it. You have a rainbow?
This group of students had to get back to class, but they wanted one more minute to put the finishing touches on their designs and admire their work. It was their first time using spray paint, and they say it was a great experience. I kind of like Not just, you know, having the free, like the ability just to have fun with it. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be perfect. For me, with pencil, like original pencil art has to be perfect because I can erase it, but for this, it doesn't really matter. Totally. So even if it yeah. looks messed up, it still yeah. looks pretty cool. Yeah, especially when it drips, it, it, it's amazing. It, it's free. Free. Just like the Thunderbird's Nest, this free store will be open for middle schoolers in the 2023-2024 school year. More info from the district about it will be available later this summer. For the first time, researchers have confirmed the age of the Utah state dinosaur, the Utah raptor. As David Condos with our partners at KUER reports, the discovery at a site near Moab reshapes our knowledge of evolutionary history. After more than a decade of work, researchers have found the Utah raptor lived 135 million years ago, 10 million years older than previously thought. Greg Ludvigsen, a geologist with the Kansas Geological Survey, discovered the predator's age using a combination of two isotopic dating techniques that hadn't really been tried in tandem before. It was possible because of prehistoric rock layers only found in Utah. It's something that's very special, the little window into a period of time that we don't see elsewhere around North America. This discovery doesn't just tell us more about the Utah raptor. Utah State paleontologist Jim Kirkland was also part of the research team. He says it fills a big gap in the fossil record. We got a whole story here that didn't exist a few years ago. You know, 35 million years of the history of Utah is just being unveiled in front of our eyes. Kirkland will present the findings at an international scientific conference taking place in Salt Lake City June 8th through 10th. I'm David Condos in St. George. The Colorado River plays a pivotal role in the lives of many Western state residents as a major municipal and agricultural water source. Part of that system is Lake Powell, a reservoir fed by the river on the border of Utah and Arizona. Aaron Lewis, with our partners at Utah Public Radio, explores how water flows from Lake Powell into the Grand Canyon and Lake Mead downstream. While the Colorado Rockies did not get quite the snow year seen in Utah, Colorado did see above-average snowpack. This year's projections of water flow into Lake Powell are nearing the 21st century record high flows of 2011. Lake Powell is a reservoir, unlike Great Salt Lake, which is terminal, so snowpack and water flow into Lake Powell greatly impact numerous communities downstream. Jack Schmidt is a natural resources professor and Janet Quinney Lawson Chair in Colorado River Studies at Utah State University, who has spent his career focused on the Colorado River system. Lake Powell is a reservoir. It's not a lake. And like any reservoir, it has a drain. This is an important difference, as it is going to respond much differently to increased spring runoff. The elevation of Lake Powell is determined not only by how much water is flowing in, but also by what is released for downstream use. 
This water is essential for Arizona, Nevada, Southern California, and Mexico, so a lot of water gets discharged. As many people rely on the Colorado River, both before and after it reaches Lake Powell, it is highly regulated by an array of agreements, court rulings, and laws that span multiple states. The law of the river as it now stands in this complicated array of agreements is that the contents of Lake Mead and Lake Powell are to be kept approximately equal in their contents. So regardless of inflow, Lake Powell releases enough water to keep Lake Mead in Nevada at a similar water level. Once water flows through the Grand Canyon and into Lake Mead, it moves downstream through Arizona where some is used and the remainder is diverted to California. Anything left over is used to water farm fields in Mexico. Historically, the Colorado River flowed into the Gulf of California, but now none makes it into the ocean, even in wet years. We have been overspending or using more water than comes in for 22 years, and we drain the system to almost nothing. Given current water levels and past drought years, several years of increased water runoff are needed to restore water stored in Lake Powell if usage continues at its current rate. The only way to make the most of this and the only way to significantly rebuild storage is to significantly cut use in the same year that you're having a big water year. According to Schmidt, even though there are major increases in water runoff this year, it is unlikely to significantly impact future water availability in the West without current water conservation measures. Just last week, Arizona, Nevada, and California agreed to a federal conservation proposal that will decrease water use through 2026, conserving a minimum of 3 million acre-feet of water. Part of this will come from federal government compensation and the rest through voluntary reduction by those states. I'm Erin Lewis. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, June 7th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.